Well, good Wednesday, noonday to all of you. Thank you for joining me for Time in the Word today. And I hope that you're having a good day, whatever circumstances or situations you may be facing. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice well, and be glad in it. All of you. Thank you for joining me for Time in the Word today. Had a little technical problem there, so we had to take care of the echo. But this is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. So today we continue to think about persisting under pressure. We've talked about a number of things together. Persisting under the pressure of loneliness and waiting and uh, uh, impossible situations. And what did James chapter 1 say? Blessed is the man or woman who endures. Uh, who holds up under the trial. That's what I'm really focusing on is endurance. And I hope that you're enduring these days. That's the way God made us as followers of Jesus Christ, to learn to endure under the trials and pressures of life. So I hope you're persisting. That's the word I want to use these days, persisting. Uh, you're being persistent about uh, trusting God in all of your circumstances. Well, today we come to a really important uh, issue of persisting, and it has to do with persisting after we've made sinful choices or bad choices in our life. There's not one person who's going to listen to this who has not experienced uh, sinful bad choices in the past. Every one of them. This preacher, I'm right here with you. We all have experienced them in our life. And the real question is because of what happens after. You know, when you make decisions, we teach our children, there's consequences to every choice we make. And um, uh, when we make the right choices and follow the Lord Jesus and we walk with God and we live in righteousness, oh, the blessings, the blessings that follow, the consequences of that, uh, learning the habits of walking with God and being spiritual, spiritually minded, brings pleasure and joy in a way we cannot describe otherwise. But oh, the sadness when we stumble and fall into sin and when we live, um, we, we live sadly, sometimes for a lifetime, with choices that we've made that are difficult. So what do we do when we face these times of, of uh, what do we do to persist when we have these consequences that follow our sinful actions? Well, one of the most famous Psalms that David wrote is Psalm 51. And Psalm 51 uh, is where I want us to go today in our Bibles. And the title of Psalm 51 uh, says, For the choir director, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So we got to go back and read the story here. It's a shocking story about David, this holy man. Think of David, a man after God's own heart. God chose him. God used him. All the glorious things he had done to trust God from uh, destroying and killing Goliath to uh, being faithful and trusting God as he uh, tried to uh, uh, be faithful 
even when Saul chased him and was hunting him down, trying to kill him because he looked at him as a, his rival, all the things that he had done, all these psalms that he's given to us, the, all the blessings of what David shared and showed us. But then we read these sad words about a time when David, a holy man of God, fell into great sin. So we read in 2 Samuel 11, I'll just read it. Uh, you can look it up if you'd like. It's 2 Samuel 11, 2 through 5. We're going to be in Psalm 51, but I must read this in order for us to remember why this is important for us today as we think about persisting uh, after we've made sinful choices. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. Then we read later in 2 Samuel 12, uh, after, uh, after Nathan the prophet had come and confronted David with his sin, you're the man, you've done this, you've sinned against God, you've uh, murdered her husband, you've committed adultery. Uh, the, the scripture says in 2 Samuel 12, uh, 15, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's widow bore to David so that he was very sick. And then it happened on the seventh day that the child died. So here's David, a man after God's own heart. Here's a man who gets up. He finds himself. He's, he, was, he, lived, he was living in an unguarded moment. He did not watch his heart. And he, he found himself in a bad position. He was there on the roof. He lusted after Bathsheba. Then he has sexual relations with her. And then she's pregnant. He has this series of things that occur in his life. And oh, the sadness of it, because even though David got up and ate after the child was, he was told that the child was dead. He had been mourning for the child. He said, I, uh, he cannot come to me. I can go to him. He had hope and confidence uh, that the child was with God. But nevertheless, he carried these lingering feelings of pain and struggle like all of us do uh, when we have committed sinful choices and all those memories and all of that past seems to haunt us. What do we do? David's story reminds us of how quickly we can all stumble into sinfulness when we've been living in holiness before God. It can be an instant. It can happen overnight. What does Paul say? Um, you know, we need to make sure that we look to ourselves lest we be tempted also. Sometimes we look at other Christians who've fallen into serious sin and we forget that we have the same capacity to sin greatly, uh, just like we have the capacity to follow God greatly. So today, many of us are living with regrets and sadness from lasting consequences from our past sinful choices. You can't seem to shake it. It's always there. Uh, you may go through a season and then you see somebody or you pick up a picture or you find something at your house that takes you back to another time in your life. And oh, how the memories 
uh, rush in, flood in, regret, sadness, and uh, sometimes just emptiness and uh, almost unbelief that you could have done what you did. Uh, sinful choices we know have these lasting results in our life and there are many people today who struggle uh, with these choices and in fact they're still haunted so much by them that it's affected their new life their current life because they can't seem to get over these past uh, circumstances that ling linger because of their sinful choices in the past so how do we persist or endure well we need the forgiveness of God God's forgiveness grants to us a way to endure and persist even with the lasting circumstances uh, that have come because of past sinful choices. Let's read some words here just from Psalm 51. Be gracious to me, verse 1, O God, according to your loving kindness. Uh, so he asked for God to be gracious first, according to his loving kindness. Secondly, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Then he asked for washing. Wash me thoroughly from my sin and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. So what does David do? He goes to a gracious God who is a God of love and forgiveness, and he confesses to him and presents himself and says, look, this is what I've done. I've sinned greatly. I've sinned greatly before you. And he asks for God to forgive him, and he describes forgiveness as washing and cleansing. So today, let's uh, think about this. Let's hear God's word for a moment. I have several observations from Psalm 51. Let's use these as we think about how we persist. I, again, let me submit this to you. I'm able to persist after I, while I live with the sometimes lifelong consequences of sinful actions when I live in the forgiveness of God. God's forgiveness gives me the ability to persist and go on even when I have to deal and live for the rest of my life, sometimes, with the consequences of my sinful actions. God takes those consequences many times, though, here's the good news, and uses them so that we might be more holy and walk with Him in a greater way. So, what do we learn here? First, the memories. Let's go back to this again, talk about our minds today. All the things that rush through your mind, I have the same. Uh, I have to have the same challenge you do. I have to deal with my mind. I have to watch what what uh, lingers and stays in my mind. Lots of things flow through our minds. I I describe it like a like a river running through. Uh, all these thoughts rush through our minds. It's not what rushes through. It's what remains in your mind that can cause you your problems spiritually. And you see the member memories of our sinful choices many times linger in our minds. Like I said, some, something will trigger it. Something will happen. You'll be somewhere. You'll be with somebody. And here you notice what David says. He says this very thing. He says in verse 3, My sin is ever before me. Now, is that you today? You may have walked with God for a long time. You may be a long way away from that great sin that 
you fell into, but because of it, your sin is ever before you. You just always, you go back, even when you pray now, even when you read God's word, even when you worship and honor God and when you do your ministry, sometimes that in your mind that my sin is ever before me. Well, there's two ways to think about that. A good way is, is that it continues to humble us and remind us that we are sinners saved by God's grace and forgiven for what we've done. But the other thing can be hard, and that is to allow uh, my sin is ever before me. It's as if David's saying, I can't shake it. I can't get this out of my mind. It's almost as if he's saying, I can't believe I did it. I can't believe I did it. And even when I read these words to you uh, that I just read from Second Samuel, it's, it's rather shocking. David sends servants to go get Bathsheba, and it's just very blunt in the, in the Word of God. She came to him, and he slept with her. This is King David, a man of God who does this, who commits this uh, immoral act of adultery. And then there's a pregnancy because of his uh, action. Consequences for his sin. My sin is ever before me. Some of you may be having a hard time today shaking those sins of your past. Well, secondly, the shame of our uh, sinful choices causes distance from God. We're shamed by it. You remember in the book of Genesis, so Adam and Eve, they they take and they eat the fruit that they were prohibited by God from eating. And what does it say? They ran and hid from God. When God came walking in the cool of the day uh, in the garden for fellowship with uh, Adam and Eve, whom he had made, <clears throat> and God said, where are you? And uh, then they come to him. They were ashamed. They sewed their fig leaves together. They covered their nakedness. And then the Lord says, who told you you were naked? Oh, the shamefulness that comes with our sinfulness. There's, there's shame. It's like a stain on us. We can't seem to wash it off. That's why I believe David used this uh, description of forgiveness of washing. Uh, the shame of my sin and my past sin is a stain on my mind. It's a, it's a stain sometimes on my reputation. It marks me with people so that they always remember me uh, for these things that I have done. Oh, the shame of our sinfulness against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, is what David goes on and says in verse 4. Against you, he has shame that he has done this before God. You know, when we sin, we not only sin against other people, but we sin in the face of God. We sin the presence of God. Think about that today. If you're being tempted <clears throat> to do something uh, that is evil, remember, you're about to do it in the presence of God who sees you. He sees what you're doing. Against you and you only have I sinned. So the memories of his sinful choices are lingering in his mind, and the shamefulness of his sinful choices has separated him and caused a distance between him and God. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you sin, <clears throat> when I sin, God's Word says it grieves the Holy Spirit. And you know, there's nothing sadder than to grieve someone that you love. There's nothing sadder than to grieve someone who loves you. Think about that. How sad that is, that we would grieve, we'd bring grief to someone who has our best interests in mind, who cares about us deeply, who always walks with us, who never leaves us. So there's this now distance shamefulness for sin 
sometimes gives us this uh, feeling of distance from God. God resists the proud. When we're in sin, we've God resists that. He cannot come near to us. There's a separation in His holiness. He cannot uh, bear with our sin. So uh, what, do, what do we see David doing here? How does he persist then? What does he do to handle this? Well, he asks for washing. Wash me thoroughly, verse 2, and cleanse me from my sin. And then notice he confesses. He confesses in verse 7, Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than s snow. Uh, he goes on to say in verse 9, hide, uh, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. He says, I know my sin, and I have sinned against you, and you know my sin. So he confesses to God what he has done. He admits his failure before God. So as we hear God's word today, look, I'm not bringing this up to try to discourage you and take you back to old memories um, of your sinful past or my sinful past that live, leave lasting consequences. I'm only saying look at the power of God that can help us even when we face these things. So his memories linger. His shamefulness causes distance between him and God. But he confesses his sinfulness to God and asks for forgiveness. And lo and behold, look at this. God takes the consequences of his sinful choices and humbles him and makes him a man he can use. Look at verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. You know, the only way God can use me, the only way God can use you is to break us. He has to bend our will. And boy, the consequences that linger from my past sins, sometimes for a lifetime, you know what they do? They bend us. They break us. They humble us. How can I ever be proud and arrogant? How can I ever judge any person who's lost in their sin and look at them and somehow say, I'm better than them. No, I remember. I remember. I remember those times of great sin in my life. I remember what it is. And you see, this is the way God humbles us. A broken spirit and a contrite heart. God can only use those whom he breaks. And one preacher said it this way, God uses greatly those whom he greatly breaks. So here's David, who is an example of this. He says in 16, you do not delight in sacrifices, otherwise I'd give it. You're not pleased with burnt offering. What is it that God is pleased with? What's the sacrifice? It's a broken spirit. And that's what happens from the consequences that come as a result of sin. So how do we believe God's word today? Let's think about this for just a moment. Let me take you through a couple of thoughts on this. I have mentioned to you before uh, the outlines available out on uh, First Baptist Church Dixon uh, website. If you go out there, you can pull these outlines down. They're all out there for you if you'd like them. But perhaps you're just listening to me today. So uh, we've heard God's word uh, that the memory of our sinful choices lingers in our mind and the shame of our choices causes distance from God and confession of sin brings forgiveness with God and God uses our sinful choices uh, and the consequences of them to humble us, but then to make us usable and useful to Him for service. So, believing God. How do we believe God? Is this really true? Well, 
There are no sinful choices from your past beyond the forgiveness of God. I hope you'll hear me today. I try to encourage you. Look, some of you, I know you. You talk with me about it. Uh, you, We walk together and you are pained. You are deeply pained because of some choices you've made in the past. And you, you, you regret it. You live with the sadness of it. But I want you to know, my friend, that uh, there are no sinful choices from your past beyond the forgiveness of God. He is a God who eternally forgives. He is the eternal God who offers forgiveness to all who will come to Him. It's good to draw near to God, and it's good to come before God and say, Be gracious to me. That's the way David starts. Show me your grace. And right now, for some of you, go to the throne of grace. Just go to Him again. You're still carrying these burdens from your past sin. They're dragging you down. They're keeping you in fear. They're keeping you in despair. You have self-hate. You have self-hate because of what you've done. Look, give these things to God. Draw near to Him. There's no sinful choice from your past that is beyond the forgiveness of God. Uh, secondly, every sinful act does carry consequences that affect us personally but also they affect others. David's sin affected Bathsheba. Uh, she lost her husband. Uh, a child uh, dies. Uh, the sadness of these effects, the effects of David's sin were not just personal. The effects of his sin were, were toward other people. When I commit sin, I don't do it as a personal thing only. It affects others in my life, others around me. So remember, the consequences of sin go far beyond yourself and, and they, they touch other people and have a direct impact on their lives. The third thing we must believe today is that we can take our sinful choices to God and admit them to Him and ask for forgiveness. So not only is uh, God's forgiveness available for all of our sins regardless, but we must we have to go to Him asking for forgiveness. And that's what it is that happens with your conscience when you sin. You know your conscience is accusing you and saying, you shouldn't have done that, Mike. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have gone there, whatever it may be. My conscience, along with God's Word, is accusing me and saying, you're guilty of sin, Mike. So what do I do? I don't, I don't uh, resist. I don't try to uh, excuse myself. I go to God with it. That's what the believer does who's convicted of sin. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. This is the way you persist. This is the way you come back strong. You go to God and you ask for forgiveness. And then you allow. Now, this is really important. You allow. These consequences now are here and they're not going to go away. All right. You're forgiven of your sin, but you still have the consequences. Well, then allow God to use the consequences of your sinful past to make you more like Christ. Allow God to use the consequences of your sinful past to break you and break your pride, prideful will so that you might follow God, serve God in a greater way and bring glory to God in the days ahead. What happened to David and Bathsheba? Another child was born to them. You know who his name was? King Solomon. And that's the rest of the story, isn't it? How God used 
David and Bathsheba. And I'm talking about this on Sunday mornings in our uh, series of talks on As For Me and My House. Uh, David and Bathsheba had such an impact on shaping the life of Solomon. He records all of that information in the book of Proverbs, and we're going to be talking more about that in the days ahead. So how do we live God's word today, my friends, as we finish up? Well, rejoice in the forgiveness of God. He forgives us. He forgives us. When the Lord told that story about the prodigal son, there was the father waiting for that uh, son to come back home. And when the father saw him coming, the father went to him. That's the forgiveness of God. That is the forgiveness of God. Through the Lord Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, the glory of God's forgiveness is now yours and mine. I can persist because you know what? I can go back now when the devil attacks me, when my mind goes back and says, look what you've done, look at all these things, and tries to condemn me, I can declare, no, I've gone to the Lord. I've confessed my sin. I'm not under condemnation anymore. Yes, there are consequences for what's happened in my life, but I am forgiven. And we persist, even though there are circumstances that remain, because we live in the forgiveness of God. Also, accept that God's discipline uh, that He's using is uh, going to make you more holy. There's not anything that's going to happen in your life that God won't use to make you more like Christ. And nothing's going to be left out. Nothing's going to be wasted. How did Paul say it? He who began a good work in you will complete it. What else did Paul say? Hebrews, he disciplines us that we might share in his holiness. So God takes these things and he says, Mike, here's the consequences of your sin. Look what you've done. But I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this which is bad and I'm going to use it to make you more like Jesus Christ. So we learn from the lessons of our sin. And there's something else that I wanted to just mention to you as we're finishing about renunciation. We talk about confession, but sometimes we need to renounce some things. Now, this is something you must do in your mind. This is something some of you need to do. You, you've asked for forgiveness. You've confessed your sin, but it keeps coming up. That's when you practice renunciation. You say to yourself, you renounce the hidden things of shame. You say, I've taken all this to God. This is all under the blood. God has forgiven me in Jesus Christ for this. I am renouncing my thoughts about these past sins any longer. I renounce the hidden things of shame that, that you carry with you because they continue to haunt you. The only way you're going to shake it is when it comes up to renounce it. Once you've confessed it, once God has forgiven you and he's using those circumstances for his good, even though they're still there, don't allow the condemnation to come back. Renounce, renounce the hidden things of shame. Get out in the light. Live in the light, my friend. Don't live in hiddenness. Don't live in shamefulness. And remember that sometimes, and I hope this is, I want to read this statement to you. God takes the worst consequences of our sinful past and He produces the greatest blessings for the future. God takes the worst consequences of our sinful past and He produces the greatest blessings for the future. 
You know, uh, I added a thought as I was finishing this that I want to share with you. We make peace with our past when we come to the Lord in our present condition for His forgiveness and help. That's how you make peace with your past. You make peace with your past when you come in the present and ask God to forgive you and to help you. And I promise you, based on the Word of God, if you will come to the throne of grace, you will find help and mercy in your time of need. So David says, Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. What a joyful truth this is for us. And I pray that today will be a wonderful day for you. Heavenly Father, bless my friends who have joined me today for this time in your word. May we learn the truth of Psalm 51 that we can persist uh, as a result, uh, even though we can persist after we have made bad choices, even though we live with those consequences because we have been forgiven and you use them for your purposes. May Jesus be glorified through his word today, through what we've heard today in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hope you'll be with us Sunday if you can. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Continue to join us. And if you will, share this. Uh, if you enjoyed this today, share this with some of your friends. And I hope it'll be a blessing to them. God bless you. I hope to see you soon. Have a great day.